such a difficult thing for us to sit and listen. It's one thing to hear, it's a different thing to listen. It's one thing to hear or pluck out what we want to have heard in that conversation and not the whole concept. It's easy to read your word and just read it. God, I ask you through the Holy Spirit this morning that whether the people that are listening are online and they're on vacation or they're, or they're here in, in one of our services this morning, God, I ask. Jesus says to pray specifically. God, I ask right now that for some people in this room that don't know you maybe, God, I pray that they hear and they listen to the love that you have through this sermon, through the words that you've given me, through the authority in which you speak. God, I pray that we don't hear this morning. I pray that we don't just, just hear with our ears, God, that we would listen with our heart. God, that we would take in everything that's done and said. God, you are the king. And if, you, if we are a follower of you, you, you are the king of our hearts. And God, when you're the king of something, that means you run it. You're in charge. You're the boss. But too often, God, we want to get in the way and we don't want to listen and we turn into a, a spiritual teenager again. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit begins to move through our people, through this building, through this place. God, that you would allow us, through your Holy Spirit, to hear truth this morning. And although comical, selective hearing is something that we practice with you. God, help us. Help us as we get closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. And it has been a joke in my family since I can remember that my mom would accuse my dad of having selective hearing. Anybody? Anybody up? Anybody have selective hearing in here? Oh, hey, we have honest people. That's what I like about connection. People are honest, okay? Um, my dad, from the pulpit, from the pulpit, told the men of his congregation that they suffered from a condition called selective hearing, to which he heard a whole bunch of amens from their wife. And then he stopped and said, you're not out of the woods yet either. You have it too. And I heard the ooh come from the husbands. It was like this, 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 this thing. But do we have selective hearing? The, the answer is absolutely Yes. Do we have selective hearing? The answer is yes. We, we are in September. I don't know how that's possible. Uh, but as Colton mentioned, October 13th, next month, uh, is one of my favorite days at Connection. It's dunk party. Uh, that, means, that means awesome food, chicken wings, and a whole bunch of... Uh, out, I love the one in October because if we're blessed, just begin praying for October 13th that it's not 112 degrees. Okay? And we can go outside, enjoy the fall colors, um, just have a lot of fun. Um, October 13th is going to be a special day. You don't want to miss it. If you've never been to a dunk party, and you're like, what is a dunk party? Well, we baptize people. That's what we call it two times a year. Um, so anyway, that's, I, I don't understand how it's September already, but it, it's, it's really good to see you this morning. Um, I, was, I was moving around a little bit in, in worship, and, and I, I led the first song, and then I came here and listened to... what. Weren't the lyrics of those songs good? The goodness of God. All my life you've been faithful. You realize that God is not the one that moves, right? God remains faithful because he can't do anything else. He's perfect. He's holy. We're the ones that move. 
You're the king of my heart. Your grace is enough. What a glorious day it was whenever we asked Jesus to come into our life. I don't think we concentrate on that long enough and hard enough. And sometimes we're very, we're very selective. Whoa, I, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yay, yay, Jesus. Realize that Jesus and the relationship that you have through him with God, if you are a follower of him, like Colt mentioned earlier, that Shadrach, Meshach, um, if, you, if you watch Veggie Tales, Rakshak and Benny, okay, if you've ever seen that one. Um, and I wrote, I, I just, I wrote uh, in one of my journals on, on, on those three guys and their response to King Nebuchadnezzar. And he said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't have to answer to you. That goes on to say, if you throw us in the fire, it doesn't matter because we're going to go be with God. And if God chooses to save us, we're going to be here anyway. And those three stood up for what they believed in. And if you know the story, they were thrown into the seven times hotter than a normal furnace. The the men that were stoking that fire were even killed. It was so hot. They were thrown in. And in a little bit, Nebuchadnezzar looks in and there's four people. Theological thinkers think that was probably, could have been Jesus in there with them. And Nebuchadnezzar says, come out. Whenever they came out of of the fiery furnace, you know, your neighbor is getting ready to burn leaves in October and fall, and you can smell the burning of leaves for miles. And some of you are like, yeah. Especially it's a nice, really, really nice cool day, and you have your windows open, and your neighbor decides, hey, it's a great day to mess with their house smell, okay? It, we, that, it's contagious, and you, you burn leaves, and you, sometimes I want to like burn my clothes because they're so bad. They smell like leaves. And, but that smell is, is everywhere. Something that's on fire has a, has a smell, and whenever those three men were taken out of the fire, they didn't even smell like smoke. They did not practice selective hearing. They listened to God's promise. They wouldn't bow down to an idol. And they told King Nebuchadnezzar that they, he said, and, and I love this. Um, uh, there's a song by Shane and Shane. Um, they, they, they do a version of this, and it's, it's called Burn Us Up. Burn Us Up. That, that's basically what they said to King Nebuchadnezzar. They said, do it. Do it. If you do, and we, it's like, a lot like Paul in the New Testament. Okay, if you, if you kill me, I'm going to win. And if you don't kill me, I'm going to keep doing what I am keep doing. Because they didn't have selective hearing. They listened to God and they knew what they were to do. They knew what was going on. We're, we are covering a subject this morning that's caused a lot of debates in households. Some of them comical, others not so much. You can look, I can look at my wife, she's not in here, so I can, t- I can tell you this story. Um, as long as you protect me after this service. No, but I can, I can listen to a conversation with Mary and I can only get out of it whatever I want to get out of it. You can do that. You have the most complex computer in the world on top of your shoulders. You, you can differentiate on what you want to listen to and what you don't want to listen to. My, my buddy has a shirt that it's almost, in, it's, it's almost selective hearing in print. Okay? On this shirt, it's huge letters. It says, I love my wife. I'm like, man, that's a great shirt. Good job. Good job showing your wife that you love her. I got closer to him, and there's little bitty print. It says, I love when my wife lets me go hunting. Now, from afar, all I saw was not the whole picture. I saw I love my wife. When you get closer, there's more to it. I've accused Mary of having selective hearing. Mary has accused me of having selective hearing. If you have children or around children, 
Um, you can say, hey, I need you to pick up your room. Hey, I need you to do this. Hey, I need you to do this. Hey, I need you to do this. And it's almost like they have the mute on, and they have no idea what's going on. And then you say, well, if you get everything done, we'll go to Dairy Queen. And all of a sudden, poof, everything's done, right? We, we pick out... We pick out what we want to pick out. The problem is, spiritually, we do that with this. Now, he had some really good points in, the, in that video. But our selective hearing, or our listening to God, hearing what God says and listening and doing is so different. And that comes in your alone time with him. I, I, I have read, listen, I'm... Just because I'm a, I'm a pastor doesn't, doesn't take that out of the equation. I've studied a lot of John. I've studied a lot of, in seminary, we did a lot of unearthing of Scripture and word studies and all kinds of stuff. And I've read John three sixteen and 17 probably a several thousand times, like many of you have. But when I read that this week, I, I love, I love ju- that's just the gospel in one verse. That God sent his son so that anybody who believes in him will have eternal life. And you won't perish. But then verse 17, he says, because a lot of people look at God and they say, well, God is just a God that sits up on a throne and he's got a, he's got a great big hammer and everything that we do, he just wants to boom, 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 boom. And God, in verse 17, through John, through the Holy Spirit, talking to John, John wrote John three seventeen. it says, for God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And I just sat there and I just looked at that and I just said, when is the last time when is the last time that you, you've had an intimate time with God and you, you are just, you are just in, in his word and you, you read something over and over and over and over and it can't sink into your head how much he loves you. I have a friend that every sunset, every sunset, every sunset she says is a love letter from God. It's beautiful. We're coming on the, the fall and the winter time of year. It's, it's one of my favorite times. It's also one of the best times of the year to see an awesome sunset or a sunrise over fresh snow. I know some of you are like, it's September, Matt. We're not talking about snow. Well, I'm done with your heat. So here we go. Listen, we, we practice this. Because we, we'll, look, we'll, look, we'll read something and we'll say, well, God so loved the world. Well, he loves me. Okay? And then it says, it says something like, well, it does say, it says, uh, Jesus tells his disciples, he said, before you, before you accuse somebody or before you see the splinter in somebody else's eye as, you know, accusation of you do this wrong, he goes, you should remove the log from yours. The Bible is inward. We, we often read it externally, okay, it, because it's really easy. I'm going to pick on Colton because I can, I can, because we're friends. It would be very, very easy for him or I to talk to the other person and go, well, you don't do this. Isn't that easy? It is. Go watch a baseball or softball game. If that was my kid out there, he'd throw strikes. You don't know that. Playing junior high baseball and softball is a lot like trying to play the game of life blindfolded. You know, it's just one of those things. They're still learning the game. And we can accuse and we can be externally hard on somebody, but the problem is, when too many people, and I'm guilty of this, and you are too, too many people read scripture in your alone time, if you have one, and you're reading, you're reading the scripture, and you go, well, so-and-so needs to read this. I think I'll text it to him. Don't we? Want to be real? I wish he'd listen to this song. Jesus loves me. 
My dad has a thing at his church. He said, he said, I want you to turn to your neighbor. He says, Jesus loves you. He goes, they do that. And he goes, and say, I'm trying. You'll get that about lunch, okay? So we, <laughs> don't be selective. Listen, okay? So Jesus is greater than our selective hearing. Basically what this title is meaning, I'll be very blunt with you. To move closer to God, get rid of yourself. John 3.30 says, I must become less and less. He must become more and more. Meaning we need to leave our, keep pouring our self out. Because your old self is spiritually dead anyway. And allow God to fill us up. So when God fills us up, we need to read the Bible intently. And whenever it says something in here, we need to apply it. But you can't apply it if you just hear it. When you listen When is the last time that you asked God, God, as I read this morning? That's why I prayed for us this morning. God, as I read your word today, I want you to speak to me. You know the cool thing about doing that is he he listens to you. God doesn't just hear you. God sees your heart. He listens. But the Bible is to be inwardly impacting. Because if we we take a a little survey of ourselves, we would spend a lot less time pointing fingers and being on our knees, asking God to forgive us from what we've done. That's how, that's how you reach a lost world. It's not, it's not being a Christian and getting one of those. Man, I have a, I have a Thompson chain Bible at home. Everybody remember those? It, I don't carry it because it weighs about 26 pounds. It's about this thick, okay? And it's just kind like of, it's like a biblical lightsaber. Like you could knock somebody out like this. The world does not need to see people come out of church and swing Bibles and hit them in the head. They need to see people that truly want to impact their life, pray for them that are real, and they want to be honest. Uh, I want to be honest. I want to to put my face on. My mask. God is interested in us becoming closer followers with him from our inside. We, hear, we can hear a whole conversation at work. We can hear a whole conversation at work. And we can instantly go to somebody else and use tweezers and pick out what we wanted to. That's how gossip junk happens. People selectively hear what they want. Hmm. This sermon is not for you to text your spouse. It is not for you to elbow them during the sermon. It is not for you to download it online and text it to them. Hey, listen to this. Our selective hearing is personal. It's difficult to overcome. The book of James, James says if you can control your tongue, you can control your whole body. But he also says don't just hear the word, do it. Do it. That's an action. Do. God wants us to look at ourselves we can pick apart, just, just think about this week. There's an argument, some discussion that went on at work and that you're in. Tell me that there wasn't an opportunity, probably today even, there wasn't an opportunity for you to selectively hear something and then tell somebody else not the content of what was told to you. It's easy. It's easy. Mary can say, Matt, you know, we don't have anything going on this evening. You know, Go bow hunting, but before you do, could you, uh, I don't know, mm, weed eat. The only thing that I hear is, hey, we got a free evening, and go bow hunting. 
I mean, I'm not the only one that does this, right? Hey, um, we do have a free evening, but I need you to go pick up the kids from so-and-so. We, we select out what we, want to, what we want to hear, but the problem is we do that with this. For God so loved the world. Sweet, I'm good, I'm safe. Ooh, okay. How about this? For the wages of sin is death, but the free, God, free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Good, all right, the wages of sin is death. Okay, that means one sin equals what you get paid. You, the wages means what you get paid for sinning. The wages or the pay for you sinning one time is death, eternal hell, period. God, once you sin one time, you're out of the perfection zone. You're born with a selfish nature. The odds aren't good for you. We can't selectively look at that and go, well, I'm covered. You know, I can just do what I want. no. Actually, no, you can't. The Bible says, Paul says, should we continue on doing this? Absolutely not. Exclamation point in your Bible. There's an exclamation point on that verse. It means he's serious. We're to take God's word and we are to metaphorically eat it. Selective hearing does not only exist in our day-to-day life. It exists in our personal time with God. If we even, listen, if we, if we even, I'm not calling anybody out because I don't know you every day and every hour. If we even have a time that we talk to God every day. If you don't and you're a follower of Jesus, I highly suggest that you look at what God's word says and that he wants you to have a relationship with him and he wants you to, to talk with him all the time. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a family reunion whenever Christmas and, and Easter. It's not one of those things. God wants us to be interactive with him and if you selectively do that, You miss out. My uncle, last week, I told you guys, last week in the afternoon, my family was asked to, to lead worship. My mom and my dad, my sister, um, me, my wife, uh, my grandma, my uncle, my aunt. Basically, everybody that was there, okay? We got up, we got up on, on stage, and we were, we were going through some songs and having, having, a, having a good time, and... Before the church service, I, I wasn't there. Obviously, I was here. I wasn't there for the church service, but uh, it, it reminded me of something. Um, my uh, my cousin is here. Uh, my uncle's daughter is here, and I listened. And they had a testimony time before church service, and I listened to my uncle stand up in the back and begin speaking. I was not prepared for what I was getting ready to hear. He stands up. He's 60, I believe, right? He's 60 years old. He stands up and he says, I'm answering the call to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. At 60. I've talked to him about this. And he said, for far too long, I just didn't listen. And then he goes on to say, he goes, he goes whether, that's, whether that's in Illinois, whether it's in North America or in the world, it doesn't matter. 60 years old, 60. Answering a call that God has had on his life because too often we miss out on a lot of stuff for a long time because we, we hear it, don't we? We hear it. Some of us have this in our salvation story. When we got saved, anybody know what white knuckling a pew is? You're at an invitation and you know the Holy Spirit's dealing with you and you're like, oh, no. 
And we fight this battle, don't we? People standing around you think that you need to use the bathroom. Actually, you're just wrestling with the Holy Spirit. And we, we, and we hear it, and we hear it, and we, and we just, we don't, we don't respond. And we, we choose to hear what we want to hear. When, when God tells me, very rarely, by the way, that he wants me to do something that's pretty easy for me, it's easy to do. When God says, hey, I need you to do this, I know it's going to be hard. I am far more likely to take more time at doing that. Because it's not easy. It's, com- it's not comfortable for me. It was incredible to watch my uncle stand up. It's on Facebook. It's a, there's a video they recorded of, of him during the morning service uh, announcing that God had called him to be a pastor. So let's look at our worship handout. If you were given a green piece of paper, um, look at the, at the first set of blanks uh, right there. Some of us need to just take this home and we need to study this more this week because this is really tough. It's like drinking out of a fire hose. Do we practice selective hearing with God? Some of us, can, we can look at this and go, no. No, no, I don't do that. No, Mm-mm. no, I don't do that. What about the person that you work with that God wants you to tell your story with, with what God has done in, in your life and you haven't done it yet? If that is true, that's you practicing, selecting, hearing, and doing. God wants you to do that. If he's led you to something, he wants you to go through it. He wants you to go with it. And I know some of you are like, yeah, I just like to stay on that mountaintop. Remember, we talked about that. When you have a good day or a good week or a good month, and you're like, hey, this is going great. You know that nothing grows on top of a mountain. The growing comes when you go through the valley. Psalm 23, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. God, God used David to write that, write that psalm at a time in his life where he was being chased and hunted. And he says, even though I walk through, whatever I walk through, I'm not going to be scared because your rod and your staff come from me. You're with me. You're with me. When's the last time that you woke up and said, hey, God, let's do this? It's difficult because oftentimes when we say that, it doesn't lead to, and it would be so easy if God just called us all to have a ministry that involved us being on a pontoon boat and fishing all day, and every afternoon we got to go to the custard stand. Would that not be the greatest missionary journey in the history of the world? I gave my sister a hard time. My sister was in Lake Tahoe as a missionary for three years. I told her that she was, quote-unquote, suffering for Jesus. Okay, The girl spent five days a week on the ski slopes in Lake Tahoe. I said, you're not suffering. You're on a three-year vacation. Little did I know what her job entailed. You don't live in Lake Tahoe and make a salary like any of us make. And to be able to try to tell those people that had every, every materialistic thing that they had, that they needed something else that they couldn't buy, was an exceptionally difficult thing. So they did it by loving on their kids. They didn't selectively say, oh, you know, I just, yeah. I'll just talk to them, but not them. No, no it was, it's everybody. And by the way, God, with John three sixteen being in mind, God is not selective. I'm really thankful for that because he says, for God so loved the world. <laughs> or you can insert your name. For God so loved Matt. For God so loved Todd. For God so loved Christina. For God, for God so loved whoever. Do we practice selective hearing with God? If you are currently breathing... The answer is yes. 
you got a lot of nerve standing up there in front of everybody and, and, and nobody's going to interrupt when you talk and you can just say what you want without a rebuttal or a discussion and you're telling me that I have selective hearing with God. Yes, I am. So do I. Because we haven't always been 100% on hearing God and doing exactly what he says. You're, you're not there. Me neither. Sometimes selective hearing isn't the problem. Sometimes we can't even try to hear but we ca- because we've put a mute button on our relationship with God. We choose to not talk. Don't we? We know, we know there's something that we need to do and maybe there's somebody at work that is just real, man, they have, they have a remote control to your buttons. We know these people? Okay, if you're, if you're, I'm old school, so I'm going to go Nintendo. Okay, you have the up, the up and down arrows, and you have select and start, and then you have B and A. Really simple. I know some of you, some of you play all this cool stuff. You're like, two buttons. Yeah, you could do a lot. B's turbo, by the way. So, <laughs> thank you. My Nintendo people are laughing. Now, if, if, if Colton's not, if Colton's button that really gets him is B, <laughs> I could do that, can't I? Those people we work with, yes? Some of those people might even be here. And we could really just push and push and push and push. I think quite possibly some of those people push your buttons knowing that you're a follower of Jesus just to see how you'll react. What if you responded in a God-like manner? They might be easier to be reached. But we don't like that because it's difficult for us. We have people that push our buttons. We can't select not to love them. That's not our job. We can't select not to, 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 to teach them about God and who he is. Sometimes we just have the mute button on. Look at your next blank. Now, this is going to be pretty sharp. How often do we ignore God's voice? Mm, Matt, I don't do that. Okay, stop. We're just going to eliminate that. Stop. Yes, you do. How often? See, I didn't, I didn't say, do you ignore God's voice? I said, how often? I want you to do this. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Right? It's like, it's, like, it's like God has this scary little animal that he wants us to grab. And, um, you know, and if I'm not a snake person. I've held one of those big pythons before, and it really didn't bother me. It's when they, it's when they surprise me, okay? But, but if you ask me to hold, I don't know, something, something else, I'd be like, mm. How often do you ignore God's voice? Maybe a, even a better question to ask here with ourselves is this one. What gives me the right to ignore God's direction when he saved my life through Jesus from an eternity in hell? What right do I have? Okay, the, the, the true biblical answer is you don't. Our old self has gone away. God created a new creation in you. When God looks at you now, he doesn't see your old self spiritually. He sees Jesus because his blood has covered you. You don't have a choice, but we do because God has given us free will. Oh, joy. Doesn't free will work really good? It gets us in a lot of trouble, doesn't it? We, we, because we have, we, have, we have the ability to ignore God's voice. 
God could speak to me in my, in my, in my quiet time, and he, he, he would tell me, he would just bring people to mind. He does this. This is, how, this is how he works. He brings people to my mind, and I begin to pray for them. God, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm praying for you, but if I'm in my quiet time, and God brings Jason Barry's uh, name to my head. I have the option to pray or not to pray. I don't know what's going on. I don't know everything that's going on in Jason's life, but I have that option. You have the option of, of anything that God has called you to. You can push the mute button if you want. But here's the problem. If you push the mute button, if you don't listen, if you practice selective hearing and only hear what you want to hear, you are going to 100% miss out. It's oftentimes in my life that I look backwards spiritually and it was those big, it was those big trusting steps that were very scary. I talked about this this week. Many of you have no idea about this. Connection was started. We first had, had group um, gatherings in an airport. I wasn't, I wasn't there yet. Then we met in a school. I was there. I was there October 7th in 2007. Yes, we turned 12 in October. 2007, when we launched, our first launch Sunday. But did you know, some of you don't know this, I was at a church being an assistant pastor with my dad. There is not an easy, like for real, it was just easy, we worked together great, it was fun, we, we, we saw 76 people get saved in one year in a church that was running 75, in a town of 600. It wasn't us, it was God, it was just moving. And I got a call from this crazy human named Mike, and he said, hey, Jack Lucas said that you were playing your guitar at Blueford First Baptist for a VBS thing. Um, do you think you want to meet up and talking about leading worship at Connection? And I said, nope. Nope. Now, Mike has a history with me. He baptized me August, 3, August 16th, 1987. My dad was ordained as a deacon underneath Mike. And Mike and Laura have, have really spiritual big thumbprints in, in our life. And, and I said, okay, I'll tell you what. I knew, I knew Mike. I knew he was not going to take no for an answer. So I said, when do you want to meet? I'm just going to meet with him to get this over. I met with him at Niemergs in Effingham. If you want a good place to eat, Niemergs, okay? So I'm sitting there eating. I show up to this, me and Mary, and I said, hey, how's your family doing? He goes, we're not here to talk about my family. And I went. And those of you that knew Mike, that was exactly right. And I'm like, well, I'd really be interested in how Daniel and Rachel and Misty and John are doing. He goes, we're not here to talk about my family. I said, okay. He said, he goes, we're going to eat, and I'm going to ask you one question. I'm like, this is not a good interview. You are not a good interviewer. And he looks at me and he says, do you think that God has given you the ability and the heart to lead worship? And I said, uh. And he completely goes to my wife. He doesn't even let me answer the question. He goes, Mary, do you think that Matt has been given the ability to lead worship and, and to be involved with connection as, as, they, as, as, as we grow as a church? My wife sold me out. She goes, Yes. I had only played, listen, I had only played like four or five chords in front of church camp. If you don't know about this, everybody sings at church camp because everybody's happy. Not everybody's happy when you come in here. You get it? So, so I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking with Mike, and, and I, said, I said, okay, fine. Here's the deal. We'll come down and try out or audition. He must have talked to every single one of you and go, Make sure you go tell him how, much, how good of a job he does so he doesn't leave and make sure he knows that God's calling him here. And, and I led worship and that first Sunday and I said, holy smoke, we printed out lyrics on paper. Physical paper. It's way worse than popcorn bags. You're, just, <laughs> you're trying to sing. It was me, 
and I was plugged into a speaker. <laughs> yeah, and Shane was Shane was Shane was my, was my sound dude. And I'm like, okay, all right, bring, okay. Everybody know these songs? And I, I was singing, but here the moral of the story is this: I was living in Robinson. And as on our, on our way home, and you know the story, I, I left the parking lot, I looked at my wife, and I said, these people are a bunch of crazy people. They're meeting in a school. They're weird. Mike didn't even give me a chance to answer the question. I can't lead worship. I can't do this. I'm not going to win American Idol. I am not, I'm not a fancy guitar player. I can't do any of this. And on the way home, all, you go an hour to Effingham and an hour over to Robinson, God began to speak to the Holy Spirit to me. And we went out to my mom and dad's house coincidentally my dad already knew i went out there and he i'm thinking he's gonna ask me how church went i'm gonna say fine they're weird and i'm not going that was in my mouth to say and he said what happens if you if god does not call you to mount vernon and you stay here i said i get to serve with you in ministry how many father and son associate pastor and pastor ever happens it should be so fun if you know my dad he's crazy like me it's easy it's fun we're comfortable we can do things and he said, what happens if you don't go to Mount Vernon? Those words completely evaporated from my mouth. And the next thing that I said came straight out of my heart from the Holy Spirit. He said, if I don't go to Mount Vernon, I will miss out on the greatest revival I could ever see of people's lives. It was 12 years ago. For two years, God said, you're going to be patient with me until I give you a job down here. And for two years, if you don't know this, Emma's 11. So the first year of Emma's life, we drove, for two years, we drove two hours one way to church. You know why? Not because we wanted to. We passed about 800 churches on the way down here. Not, not because of anything else other than God said, I want you to go and I want you to step out. Listen, do you know how difficult it is living in Robinson trying to invite people to church? Hey, you want to go to church with me? Sure, where do you go? Mount Vernon. What? You can't ignore God's voice. When he says go, we, what if Moses didn't listen to God's voice? What if the Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego didn't listen to God's voice? We ignore. Maybe, maybe you've been ignoring God's voice about serving. Maybe you've been uh, um, ignoring God's voice about talking to someone about Jesus. You're, you've been ignoring God's voice about giving more financially. And I know you're like, oh, I knew he was going to get that in there. Isn't our concrete driveway nice? God is good. That comes from sacrificial giving of people. I personally like turning off the driveway, and I'm like, oh, hey, it's nice. And then I hit the rocks. And some of you are going to get agitated just enough. You come to me and say, okay, how much it cost? Come and talk to me. I'll give you, I'll give you some figures. No problem. Maybe we've been ignoring God. Whatever it is, we need to stop. We miss out on blessings. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. Yes, yes, we are getting to scripture. Yes, we will be out before two. Okay, look, <laughs> be careful. I underline this in, in my notes. I underline this whole, first, this whole first line. Look at this. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. One is capitalized. One means God. I love this verse. I love this verse. I know some of you are going, you always say you love this verse. Yeah, the Bible's neat. Be careful. That you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. It's very, it's very divine thing that, that Colton shared that scripture because I was going to talk about it. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in front of the king. And whenever you heard the sound of the lyre and the harp and all this stuff, you were to bow down to his image and and you were to worship him. And they said, we're not going to do it. Because they listened to the right one. The problem is you and I listen to the wrong one a lot. I used to listen to a lot of music. Now, you, you come into my truck... And I, I listen to the censored stuff, okay? If I, I, get, I get the clean version of, of a song. You, you, could hear, you could hear the Gaithers. You could hear um, Family Force 5. You could hear, I don't know, like death metal that you don't understand the words. You, you, Crowder, which is a, like a, he's, in a, he's his own genre of his own, okay? He has like five different ty- styles of music. You could hear anything. Pearl Jam, Metallica, Nirvana. Now I'm speaking somebody's language, I know. Okay, so you can go in there. Now listen, I gave up listening to a lot of that music, especially the non-clean versions, because I, I realized this. If it was coming in here, it was coming out here. I don't know, some of you are, some of you are still hung up. Our pastor listens to rap. Yeah, yep, I do. Yeah, if you want to listen to a really good, awesome Christian rapper who blows Eminem out of the water, by the way, listen to NF. If I can, if I can be a teenager right now, his lyrics are straight fire. They're, they come straight out of scripture in his life. Listen, you have to, and I, and I got rid of that stuff because it wasn't glorifying to the one. But be careful that you don't refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. Look, for if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. Did the people, the Israelites, listen to God? No. What happened? They were penalized. It wasn't a time out. It was 40 years, and the oldest generation, anybody over the age of 20 or 21, had to die. Yikes. And what was supposed to be theirs was given to someone else. Listen, I don't mean to be mean. God doesn't need you and I. The, the, the grand scheme of things, the fact that God wants to include us in his plan should drive us to our knees in thanksgiving every day. Listen, th- this is, we have to be careful who we listen to. There are consequences. You miss out on blessings. L- look at the next blank in your worship handout. Do you listen when God speaks to you? This past week, this, people, this person is in here. I'm not going to let them be, be known because it doesn't matter, because they don't, want, they don't want to stand out. But let me tell you something. There's a person and people that thought so much and listened to God so carefully. That's, that's the cool thing, because when you listen to God carefully... It's, it's almost intimate details that you're sharing your love with somebody. The person that says them has no idea how it's going to impact. If I told Jason, I said, Jason, I'm going to pray for you this week. And, he, and I don't know everything that's going on. He'd go, man, you have no idea what's going on right now. That's the intimacy of God. That's me saying, let me listen to what God has to say. Let me listen to, let me pray for you. This week, I got a message on Facebook Messenger. Was it public? Totally private. I just wanted to send a message to you to tell you that I love you. Hmm. Not intimate, not girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, love. Love, like love you Christian brothers and sisters, like we should, you know. I said, I'm praying for you, I love you. I can't wait to hear um, what what God has for for you to say on Sunday. Dude, I'm reading this, and it's like I'm getting ready to come up to bat at a home baseball game. I'm like, yeah. Getting all pumped up. 
Because it helps us. It, it, it lifts us up. Whenever we listen to what God says to us and we do what he says, the chances are significantly great that you're going to make a big impact on that person. But what happens is we push mute. We don't, no, no, no. We have people that get sick in a connect group or they have a baby in connect group or they, whatever it is. Listen, talk to those people about, about how many meals they got. I had one person go, hey, my connect group is bringing me like food for like the next two weeks. That's not easy to do. And some people are like, it's hard enough to cook for my family, let alone another one. I get it. But we speak, we, when God speaks and, and we can hear him to meet needs, do you act on what he says? Do you act, do you intent, this is a hard word for me. I don't like being this honest with you. But the word intently listening, the words intently listening are very difficult for me. And it's not because I probably have ADD. It's not it, okay? And, and, and I, I suffer a lot less from that because, uh, because of my diet has really helped mentally me, me being able to focus. But I know it's a real thing, okay? It's very real, okay? But sometimes we, we have... We practice, even though you're not clinically diagnosed, you can practice that kind of listening behavior to God. You can only listen when you want to. You can only listen when you care to. But when you listen to God, and he shares something with you to do or to say or to speak, there's a reason. There's a reason. You have no idea what somebody could be going through. And God says, hey, I literally don't need you. I, he doesn't need. He doesn't need us. He says, I want you to be involved so that you can see a blessing coming out of listening to me. Listening to what God has to say, applying it and doing it, the results of you getting a blessing is a promise. When we listen and do, it's a problem. Because sometimes you don't just listen. You don't just have to listen you have to intently listen. There are nuggets, there are gold nuggets in Scripture that if you read something too fast, you completely miss it. We've talked about this before. Psalm 23, the, the sheep, uh, you know, he leads us beside the still waters, and we, and we, and we went over why. It's just, a, it's just a nugget. My buddy that taught me that has, has passed away about uh, six months ago. Um, he, the guy was so, so Old Testament smart, smart, he could write lineages on pieces of paper. Like crazy intelligent. And he, he, would, he, he would show me, he goes, well, you know why David wrote that he leads me beside still waters. I said, I have no idea. He goes, sheep will not drink out of moving water. They get scared, they lose their balance, and they can't swim, they'll die. What? There are gold nuggets everywhere in scripture john three seventeen that i memorized this week for god did not send jesus into the world to judge the world but to save the world through him that was his job it was his job and the fact that god sent jesus to save me listen if you would have been the only one he still would have done it i was talking with a young man before church <laughs> he has great questions under the age of 10 how old is he he's 10 10 he goes, so I've been listening and, and kind of looking at this. He talks like this. Okay, he's, I've just been listening, looking at this. He said, now, this new Jerusalem that's going to be heaven, 
that's going to come to earth and he, he's explaining all this stuff and that, that the old heaven is going to become the new heaven and, and God's going to destroy everything evil and there's going to be a new heaven and he goes, this new Jerusalem, is it like the sequel to heaven? I said, yeah, but the better one. But he's asking questions. You know why he asks questions? Because he listens when people teach him. And if he's listening to mom and dad and to people in, in Kids Rock and people on the radio that are teaching God-filled, solid truth, guess what? It's going to come out. If it comes in here, it's going to come out here. We have to intently listen. Look at verse 26. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, we talked about this last week, it shook the mountain. God's presence and his voice. He said the trumpet. Remember my, my, my story about the trombone and my band teacher? <laughs> oh, boy. If, if, you didn't, if you weren't here last week, just go back and listen. It'll be worth a, a laugh. Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Look at this. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. It shows of God's authority. When you were younger, did you listen to everything that your mom and dad said to do? Let me answer that for you. No. Do your kids listen to every word that you say to do now? Some of you are like, (laughs) no. God has authority. When God speaks in his word, he has authority to say what he said. It's infinitely true. God says, I want you to do this. God has the authority to talk to us that way. I did not have the right authority to say some of the things that I said to my parents when I was younger. Did not have biblical authority. Did not have the correct authority. I was not in, I was not, literally, I was not supposed to say that. I would be, I was supposed to be submissive to my parents. Believe it or not, young people, Whenever you turn about 23, 25, you're going to have a really good conversation with your parents and it's going to start off like this. You were right a lot more times than I thought you were. And I know, you're like, no way, I promise. Because I said, there's no way I'm telling my mom and dad they're right. There's no way I'm telling them they were right. And I did tell them they were right because they were. They have the authority to teach us as his children, but God has the ultimate authority. Listen, with his voice, he shook the mountain. And I was talking with that, that young man, and he kept going, and he said, he said well, he said, uh, you know, God, God, God creates us. He goes, but, he goes, what's so special about us? And I said, everything else, everything else besides us on earth, in creation, was spoken into existence. Everything. We were formed by the hands of God. He breathed life into Adam's nostrils and took a rib from Adam to make Eve. We were made. We're special. And as a result of that, God has a special job for us to do and a special eternity for those who follow him. Matt, how how can you explain this love? Yeah, can't. But he has the authority to say so, so we believe it. Look at verse 27. This means that all creation will be shaken and removed so that un, only unshakable things will remain. What if your life was, how, how, much stuff, how much stuff in your life can be shaken right now? I had a fuel pump go out of my truck a couple weeks ago. Joy. We're in between two houses trying to move, trying to do all this stuff. We've got to run the girls to school. And then we have one vehicle. And I was complaining, and I was complaining, and I was complaining, and then as God does, he used my wife to correct me, which I don't like. But I was practicing selective hearing. I was only talking about what I wanted to be mad about. 
And she goes, wow, that's neat. God's blessed us with two vehicles, so if one breaks down, we can use the other one. Shh. You ever want to tell you, shh. And I was practicing what I wanted to hear because we get in that pit and we want to stay there. No, everything's going bad. I'm not having a good day. (laughs) Top 5%. If you own a vehicle, you're top 5% wealthiest people on the globe. Top 5%. (laughs) It means all creation will be shaken. God will eventually create that new Jerusalem and all the evil things will be removed from this earth. All the sin, all 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 the evil things will be removed and only unshakable things will remain. Listen, you have a lot of things in your life that you can get shaken about. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you cannot have, your, you, you cannot have that concreted follower of Jesus. Jesus lives inside of you. That can, you can have it. You can have it shook. But it can't be taken from you. You can go through times that it feels like you're going through a whole bunch of stuff and... and What God says will happen will happen. Look at verse 28. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. I wish you could have heard you guys sing those songs. One day we get to, I have no idea if they're going to play Crowder in heaven. I have no idea what we're going to sing in heaven, but it's going to be loud and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. We're receiving a kingdom that's unshakable. Don't be selective here. Take that in. You're going through some stuff right now, and you think, Matt, I've been walking through this tunnel for years, and I cannot see anything. I see the light way out there. Can I promise you something? Whenever God moves you to that place of that healing or to that mountaintop again, it is so good. I heard these words yesterday. It is so good to breathe fresh air. Because we've been in the junk, in the mire, in the ditch, in the, in the, in the well, whatever we've been at, and, and we feel like the valley that God is just, I said, God, will you just listen to me? Will you hear me? He goes, you have a purpose for going through this. Don't be selective. Take it in. Learn. Look. Let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Look at verse 29. For our God is a devouring God. Third day wrote a song called Consuming Fire. Our God, he is a consuming fire. Fire in the Bible is used to cleanse, to purify. One day God's going to purify this whole earth. The armies of this world, of the, of the Antichrist, are going to come up against Jesus. Listen, listen to this battle. Listen to how this works out, okay? It's like the ultimate Mortal Kombat move. Ready? The armies of this world, of the Antichrist, build up at Armageddon, and they're going to, they're going to fight Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is going to come, he's going to open his mouth, and everything's going to go away. Period. All-consuming fire. All-consuming love for us. Listen, God has some things in in your life right now that I don't know about, that maybe your spouse or your friends don't know about, but listen to me. Don't be selective in what you listen to. As far, I said that wrong. Be selective in who you listen to because we need to listen to the one, but when when we are talking with the one, don't be, don't be selective. Take everything in. God is greater God is, Jesus is greater than your selective hearing. Look at the last blank. 
And this is a tough one. This is one that we should ponder off on all week. Do we take time to listen to what God is saying to us? A question right after this would be this. Do we take time to listen to what God is saying to us? Do we take intentionality to do what he's called us to do? That is what an unbelieving world finds believable. When people love people that they don't know, when people pray for people that they don't know what's going on, Listen, don't be selective in when we pray and what we pray about. Don't be selective in what we hear from God or we read from God. Be totally absorbing in our time with God. If you don't have a a, a quiet time, I highly recommend it. When you read the Bible, don't read it too fast. Just observe, like, for God so loved the world. Everybody. It's not our job to be selective. It's not our job to be selective on who we share Christ with. We don't have that authority. God has given us his love to share. Let's pray. God, we love you. We're so thankful for Jesus. God, we're so thankful to be here today. Um, just, to, just to echo that song, God, you are good. Good. You're so good to us. God, I pray that if someone doesn't know how good you are through a relationship with Jesus, I pray, God, that this morning you may, you may urge them, you may convict them, God, that they would talk to me or someone else here, um, that, we could, that we could have a conversation about who you are and what you've done for us. And God, many of us, all of us in this room, uh, suffer from selective hearing spiritually. And God, we ask right now, God, that you, you make us intentional. God, that you make us... You must make us seek you. That you help us to just devour your word. That we, that we would, that would metaphorically just eat and take in what you have for us. And God, there's people that are walking through some dark times. God, it's just so beautiful, so wonderful to take a breath of fresh air. Realize that you are God. Realize that you are in charge. You are sovereign. You are everything. And God, that we can just sit in that and worship you. God, help us with our ears. Help us listen. In your name we pray. Amen.